The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like relishing a low libido, <laughs> still missing those who hurt us, and emotional black holes masquerading as people. <laughs> yeah, I feel some type of way about the oh, last letter. Oh, Wow. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed therapists, counselors. We didn't go to school for anything except for reading. Right. And on top of that, we're humans, <laughs> which <laughs> which means we're just trying our fucking best. And um, sometimes our best isn't great. <laughs> um, so please take our advice as you see fit. Uh, we are only here to offer our literally humble idiotic musings to hopefully shed some <laughs> understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love and being a human because it's all confusing 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm that's right. I'm confused. Are you confused? <laughs> I'm always confused. I'm always by everyone. I'm always like confused and a little bit scared and a little bit excited. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> that's that's great. Okay. That sounds like a dog, but that's great. <laughs> oh my god, though, like if we were animals, I would for sure be a dark dog archetype and you would be a cat. Yes. Okay, anyway, um, let's get on to important things. Y'all, this is the last week that you can listen to us on any platform other than Spotify. Uh, That's right. On October 19th, which is one week from the day this episode airs, um, we are going exclusive with Spotify. We are DTRing. We are determining the relationship. We are entering a monogamous podcast platform <laughs> you are partnership i know i'm just on it today y'all you, you are really taking this metaphor to the next level yeah, yeah, yeah. how many cups of coffee, of coffee had you had this morning well honestly i love coffee but i only need like a baby's portion of it um mm-hmm. and such, i had a, such a delicate girl i had a whole cup today so <laughs> Ooh, okay well okay. honestly you know what also like to be real with our lovely listeners i i, I was telling you before we press record that i was like feeling anxious but um, after chatting with you for like five minutes before we press record, I feel a thousand times better. And isn't that like the proof of friendship, you know, <laughs> or mm-hmm. the second you get out of your own head, I was like feeling moody and anxious all morning. And then I talked yeah. to you and I'm like, oh, my God, I have like a boundless amount of energy and positivity because I heard my experience reflected back to me by another person mm-hmm. I love. So that's well, it. Like, <laughs> also, like, let's talk about it and like admit. Like that last week, we answered a letter that a lot of people had some feelings about. Yes. And like the reality is, is that like, yeah, a lot of people recommended, especially licensed therapists, that the person, right? The story was that the person had a crush on their therapist. Yes. And we were like, oh, this is kind of weird. I wouldn't like I would consider getting a new therapist. And what we heard from actual professionals yes. <laughs> is that like it's good to just tell your therapist that so that they can sort of establish boundaries for you, which I think is great advice. Yeah. And so like. Let's let's like own the fact that we're not perfect, that we like maybe gave some like not as good advice as we could have last week and say, like, we're going to change our response based on new information from people who are much more educated than us or like know more about this particular topic than us and say, yeah. like, yeah, we might have made a mistake in this in this instance. And like, yeah, for sure. That's why we say we're not professionals. That's why we. That's why we are just two humans trying this thing out. Yeah. So. Well, okay. Yes. All, yes to all of that. Um, we got like, I don't know, 10 to 15 DMs from people who are either therapists or people who had huge crushes on their therapist. <laughs> and um, uh, I don't want to like blow it out of proportion. I'm just like a generally uh, not, not even emotionally sensitive. I just like, uh, you know, when people other people's opinions have a great impact on my life. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I just don't want to like make it sound like we got like a hundred angry no. messages. But, um, uh, so apparently it's like a good thing to divulge your feelings to your therapist about how you're feeling about them. But so as Sam was saying, like, uh, yesterday I was feeling kind of anxious and inadequate. Like we couldn't host this podcast, like that. I wouldn't know what the right thing to say was. And, Mm. um, because I had, I had spoken of, from my opinion, our opinion and our opinion didn't have the experience or the knowledge that the other people in the DMS 
we're speaking right. on. And so this morning prior to um, recording, I was like a little bit anxious and like, no, and anxious about like, you know, it's, it's intimidating to put your, to, to improv your thoughts out into the world. Right. <laughs> it is. Um, if you stop and like, think about what the fuck we're doing, it's kind of terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. But so this morning I was like a little anxious about that, but I just kept trying to remind myself that um, it takes a lot of courage to create something. It takes courage mm-hmm. to, um, to put your, to, to, to speak to a platform. Like we have like so, so many amazing listeners right now. And, Part of that courage is always being wrong and inadequate because that's part of the human experience. And so, like, I found comfort in that this morning um, and in comfort in that in talking to you um, that that is just part of the that's we only know what we know. And and now we know that we can do better. Like the next time I have a crush Mm -hmm. on a therapist, I will definitely tell them that I have a crush on them and then go hide under a rock for the next 60 yeah, years. <laughs> like, what, are you actually going to do that? I don't think. No. Um, but I mean, apparently other people should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's great. Small little tangent. Anything you want, want to add about we, about that before we like change subjects? No, I just, um, I'm just really appreciative of, uh, all of the listeners who both engage us and in, in like calling us in on things where we could be doing better, which is great. And also just like the love and support that we get from all of you. Um, every time you listen to an episode, like part of what, thank you for letting us be humans on this episode and make mistakes and give weird advice and, and process through things out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really rare to have this type of, of experience and I'm just really grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So as I was saying, Spotify, anyway, back to Spotify, <laughs> um, uh. Spotify, we are, um, we have entered a very, um, healthy partnership with Spotify. So we are going exclusive on October 19th. That is the only place where you will be able to find just break up episodes and, um, just break up back episode. Our whole back catalog is going there. Um, but Patreon is staying exactly the same. So if you support us on Patreon, don't worry about it. That's, that's staying exactly the same. Um, yeah. What are you, how are you feeling about this Spotify transition? It's great. Yeah. Last week I made the commitment to actually like making an account mm-hmm. and, and finding and following us, which I did. So that's exciting. Um, and I hope that other people joined me in that. Um, you are, uh, you can just go into the Spotify account and search for just break up and it'll appear. And then if you click the follow button, it'll make sure that every episode that comes out, um, gets put into your feed so that you won't miss an, a single episode. So it's all, I'm super excited that this mm-hmm. is happening. And, um, I'm also just super appreciative of all of the love and support that we've gotten from folks about, about this partnership that we're going into. Um, seems like people agree with us that this is like a really good next step and that, yeah. um, and that Spotify choosing to invest in our podcast is, is going to make it even better. Yeah. And more sustainable for us. We like echoing what Sam said. I really appreciate you guys is um, every, you, everyone's love and support and um, uh, a willingness to, to potentially do a small, um, uh, 
I don't know, inconvenient, out-of-the-way step um, by downloading Spotify um, if you don't already have it and following us on there. Um, we just really appreciate that because it is directly contributing to the sustainability and health of this podcast for us internally. Um, really quick reminder before we move on with this episode, uh, Spotify is 100% free to listen to. It's free to download. You don't need a credit card um, and you don't need a premium account to listen to podcasts or to download podcasts onto your phone or your device to listen to them mm-hmm. offline. That's kind of like a misconception that I've come up against in the last couple of weeks, but you do not need a premium account to listen, um, to download onto your device. It's hundred percent free. Um, and, and that's essentially the biggest reason why we decided to go with this partnership because we knew that other than the platform, nothing would change for our wonderful listeners. So mm-hmm. October 9th, we will be our next episode. You will listen to it on Spotify. Can you believe I can't, one week. That's crazy. It's totally crazy. Okay. Do you want to just dive into some letters? Sure. Let's do that. Excellent. All right. Our first letter is from Emma C., who is writing from the Wild West. Dear Sam and Sierra, I recently discovered your podcast and it has seriously been a guiding force in helping me get over my recent breakup with my boyfriend of four years. Thank you so much for your realness, your thoughtful advice, and positive worldview. I'm a 27-year-old twen- female, and I've started to date again during the pandemic, how fun, after my breakup. This is a big step because I spent so long convincing myself that I would never meet anyone who loved me as, my, uh, as much as my ex, and I have a lot of anxiety about meeting someone new. To my surprise, I actually met someone I really like, and we've met and gone on a few dates. He's smart, stable, has a great career, and we have so many shared interests and random connections. On our last date, he tried to take it further than I wanted to physically. He was respectful when I said no, but I know it's going to happen again, and I'm not sure how to handle it. I want to take it slow for several reasons. I have less than ideal sexual past, and I'm working through some seriously complicated and mostly negative feelings about my own sexuality. Even though I know I made the right decision to break up with my ex, I really can't imagine myself feeling comfortable enough to have sex with anyone else. And the idea of sex with someone new is scary and not exciting. I really want to have a normal, healthy sex life, but it's always felt like something that uh, impossible for me. I never had a very strong sex drive um, ever. I spent so many years convincing myself that I was broken, that there was something deeply wrong with me because I didn't want to have sex all the time. And when I did, it was often painful. Time, age, and self-reflection have helped me realize that I'm not broken, but I was doing it wrong without any communication and for the wrong reasons, his pleasure. I was having sex for so many years with so many different guys. I wish I could take back because that's what I felt like I was, quote, supposed to do, not because I actually wanted to. A lot of my early sexual encounters were alcohol-fueled, consent-questionable, and more painful than pleasurable. I also have clinical depression and generalized anxiety disorder. I have been doing much better in recent years with therapy and medication, but a side effect of the medication is sexual disorder. 
It took me many years to realize my low libido was being caused by the medication, not my own personal failure as a woman. My ex was the only person I had ever had good sex with. And but even so, we constantly argued because I never wanted to have sex as much as he did. And sometimes even when I wanted to, I had trouble getting physically aroused. I'm currently trying a new medication with less sexual side effects, but the switch is not easy or going well. It feels so frustrating to have to choose between not being depressed and having a normal sex life. For all of these reasons, even though I really like this new guy, I'm not ready to jump into bed with him. How do I tell him I'm interested but not ready to have sex? I think it's important for him to understand why, but I'm afraid to share my sexual past with someone new. More importantly, how do I change my own negative thoughts around sex? How do I let go of the idea that no one will ever love me because of my low libido? How do you move into a new relationship while carrying all of this? Thank you, Emma. Thank you so much for writing, Emma. I love you. (laughs) Straight out the gate. Um, Thanks for writing and for trusting us with this. Um, In preparation of answering because of my aforementioned anxiety, (laughs) I did uh, like a quick Google search, um, really simply like how to tell someone you're, you don't want to have sex and like, or no, even better than that. I I think I also Googled um, uh, like how to negotiate having a low libido. Um, Mm. And honestly, Wow, limited coverage um, and and problematic <laughs> coverage, like uh, mm. because a lot of it was like you know a Cosmo article that was like seventeen reasons why you have a low libido, not seventeen reason uh, seventeen ways to uh, I don't know come to terms with your low libido and realize that it is not a a failing of you, you know? Yeah. I want us, I want an article that's like 17 reasons why your low libido is, is awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so there wasn't a lot of like, um, positivity or even like neutrality around the idea of a low libido. Um, there was, uh, upon a very fast Google search, I only saw like one mention of asexuality, which is not what I am saying. Emma is. Um, but I just thought mm-hmm. that that was really interesting that it was really, um, limited but let let me tell you god bless planned parenthood because they had a really um you know accessible uh user-friendly um site or or, or like article on how to talk about sex with your partner and i think it was definitely aimed at teenagers or folks who are new to having sex um or new to having physical partners and um i I would just like shout that out there as like a general resource that Planned Parenthood always has really good um, Mm -hmm. articles about sex and they, and they say it all right, (laughs) you know, as, as well as they can, (laughs) you know? Um, But uh, after doing that Googling and thinking on my own, I, and, and like kind of reflecting on what I found, I, I wrote down the, the sentence like, I'm really enjoying getting to know you, but I'm not ready to have sex yet. And I realized that there I have this huge, huge, huge instinct to put sorry in there. Like, sorry, mm. I'm really getting to know you, but I'm not ready to have sex yet. Or like, I don't want to take it here yet. Sorry, you know, hope you understand. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so telling um, that our instinct is... Um, that when we are denying someone some, 
something they want, we're automatically being a hurtful person. Um, and I just want to like shout that out there and like, I guess, reinforce Emma um, by saying like, you don't need to apologize. You don't even need to explain if you don't want to why you're not ready for sex. That is not owed to him. And, and more importantly, you're not doing anything hurtful or wrong by not wanting to have sex yet or not having sex ever. Yeah, no, I think that that is absolutely right. And I think, um, I also think that like we often equate sex with intimacy, which sex is often very intimate, but like there is intimacy without sex too, (laughs) right? Like you don't, you don't have to have sex in order to be physically intimate with your partner. And so I would encourage you to, to talk to your partner about this, your new, your new beau and say, you know, like, I'm just really not at a place right now where I want to have sex, but here's other ways that I want to show Mm, that mm -hmm. I am attracted to you and that I, I'm, I'm really craving physical intimacy with you that aren't sex. So like, let's um, spend some time cuddling or like, let's take a bath together or like, Let's do other things that might ease me into the the vulnerability of being physically intimate mm-hmm. with someone so that I become comfortable enough to be able to move towards sex if that's sort of what our goal is together. Right. And some people build intimacy by having sex and other people mm-hmm. need to feel intimate to have sex. And there's two and that's two Absolutely. different things, you know. Um I Yes, I feel closer to someone after I've had sex with them. Like that might be a step to intimacy, but it's not necessarily what makes me feel like safe with them. It's more of like an experience mm. to get to know them. And and everybody is different. Everybody, Everybody's relationship to that is different. Um, mm-hmm. And I also want to remind um, Emma uh, or to anyone out there uh, who is in this position that you're not saying no to the person you're saying no to sex you um Mm. and and this is all maybe this is maybe i should turn it around and shout this out to the folks who are asking for sex like consensually like adults can Mm. and and Mm. being um told no that is not a rejection of you it's a rejection of this act together um Mm -hmm. and that's what sexual consent is all about um and i thought that was like a pretty um, empowering uh, differentiation, differ, differentiation. There we go. Um, mm-hmm. To like move forward with is that, and you can even say that it's it's not about you. Um, I like you, but I I don't want to have sex. That's what I'm saying no to. Not you, the person. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's right, and I think that's an important distinction to make. Also, when we think about consent, too, right? Like because you have to continue to say yes to things in order for them to like be Mm, consensual. mm -hmm. And it's not like you say yes to one person and then suddenly they're like clear to do whatever they want Mm -hmm. because you've said yes to them, right? Like every time you have sex with someone, you are saying yes to that instance of sex. Um, And you have the right to say no to that instance of sex anytime that you want as well. Even if previously you've said yes to it. Um, Which just you know yeah our our consent education in our uh, sex ed classes is not great so just want to you know throw that out there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally um but i also emma just want to say to you like what i am reading from your letter is that you are looking at this low libido of yours as like 
some sort of failing or something that is like going to be a constant disappointment for other people. Um, and I just want to to turn that on its head a little bit and say, you know, that's why I said in the, the episode description um, of what we were going to talk about, like relishing a low libido, mm-hmm. um, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a low libido. Right. It doesn't make you weird. It doesn't make you a freak. It doesn't make mean that you are damaged or, um, or in some way unlovable, right? Like low libidos are just low libidos. Like people have varying levels of interest in sex. Um, and, and each person's interest in sex is like unique to them and is, is something that is wonderful about them, right? Like I am also a person who has a low libido and I also like you felt like I had, I, there was something deeply wrong with me that I just like didn't love sex the way Mm -hmm. that everyone else seemed to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like you, I had a lot of like really like questionable like I, I used sex, honestly, most of the time as like a form of self-punishment mm-hmm. of like letting people take advantage of me um, because I was never super interested in having sex with people. It just sort of was like a thing that I felt like I was supposed to do. Um, Especially when so you're I'm young, you. it feels like a currency yeah. that you can spend to get to affection and love. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so I like you had to come to terms with the fact that like I just don't love sex that much. Right. <laughs> like. And it's also like a okay, like I still have it and I still enjoy it. Um, and I, I still wrestle with feeling like I'm denying people things, mm-hmm. like I'm I'm not living up to people's expectations of me. But I've I've also had to really think about like this is part of who I am, and every part of me is flawed and lovable, mm. and I can love this part of me as well. So I I just want to say like low libido people out there like we're awesome. Like there's like, there's nothing wrong with us. We still can have intimacy with our partners. We are still capable of loving our partners and growing into relationships with them. Even if that currency that we use to, to do that isn't sex, mm-hmm. even if we are uncomfortable with, with sex or like, we don't like it that much or like, it doesn't do it for us. Um, and want to like, just sort of normalize or like name that and say like, People, all people have different relationships to sex and each of those relationships to them is valid in its own way and important. And it's, and we should all be talking about it, um, more so that we're not just all assuming this like monolithic desire for sex. Absolutely. I I totally agree. Um, I also, um, I want to talk specifically about, uh, the pressures of sex sexuality as it is manifested in womanhood um the Mm. idea that we have to there's a lot of duality going on there you know that we have to be sexually desirable easy to please and also not too into sex um and not um quote unquote uh like dirty or horny or whatever like it's sending a mm-hmm. lot of what i would say like mixed signals <laughs> um <laughs> as to like the expectation of what does it mean to be a sexual woman um and i just want to say like there is no real um or excuse me there's no right or wrong way to be a sexual being mm. And we're we're a hundred percent brought up thinking that there are there's good sex to have, bad sex to have, um, normal sex, abnormal sex, kinky sex, um, you know, uh, like 
godly sex, right? Or pro- mm. procreative sex versus like just out there having a good time in my 20s sex, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, we're, we're all inundated, like you said, s- s- same thing, like no sex, right? Versus um, always wanting to have sex because that's what we see in popular culture. We're inundated with this, um, mm. with so many different narratives about what a normal body is and a normal desire, but there's no such thing, really. There, there's just no such thing. And and I'm sure that there's somebody, I'm sure I can get a DM right now from somebody that's like, well, statistically, men think about sex yeah. this much and <laughs> women want it this much and all of that. But like, yeah, sure, sure. You can like, point to statistics and patterns all you want, but that's never going to make me feel good about my authentic desires until I understand that my authentic desires are only mine and there's no mm-hmm. one else to compare them to. And, and, and yep. not only that, that comparison will never make them more real. Only my, only I can make my authentic desires real. Um, mm. And so I just wanted to speak on like the pressure that holds and like, I've, I thought I was, I thought there was something wrong with me for like, I don't know, two and a half decades because (laughs) I didn't get wet the way I thought women did or the way that my partners did. Um, Mm. and then just like, I don't know, I woke up at like 28 and was like, uh, this is just not going to be something wrong with me anymore because, (laughs) because I don't want to walk around the world feeling like I am a a deficit you know i don't want to walk Mm -hmm. around the world and feel like there is something uh, here going back to the idea of the comparison i only think that there's something wrong with me and my ability to get wet if i compare it to other people that that thought Mm -hmm. only exists in a in a room with other people but if it's just Mm -hmm. me if i say this is who i am and i accept who i am that comparison all of a sudden loses all of its power Um, And so I just want to empower you, Emma, um, to know that you are you. And that might sound like a fucking free to be you and me hippie, like childhood book bullshit. But like you're you are you. And just like Sam said, your libido as it manifests is 100 percent yours and normal Mm -hmm. to what you want it to be. If you want to have sex more, there are steps you can take to try to explore that part of you. But if you yep. never explore it, or if you do and you don't like it, that is not um, a failing of you. That is just mm-hmm. you exploring who you are meant to be. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I want to like throw out one like slightly tangential thought that I got from that mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood article. Um, they, you know, in their like rap cute friendly wrap up they were like you don't owe anyone even someone you love an explanation for why you don't want to do what they want you to do and i thought that was like mm. so <laughs> interesting that's like the beyond sex that is just like a rule I of know, life <laughs> because like don't we think that like don't we think that we owe people particularly people we love an explore an explanation and it made yeah. me like reflect this morning to think about like it's just so interesting what we expect of ourselves, uh, mm-hmm. the ability to articulate our very convoluted, nuanced, personal human experience to another human. <laughs> like, it's a lot mm-hmm. of pressure to be like, well, I need to explain everything that makes sense alone in my head to someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
sometimes I think it it might go against our our training, our instincts, but sometimes we are the only person who can understand what something means to us and we're the only person who needs to. And I think I want to normalize mm. that a little more because I'm so like we said in the fucking beginning, like I'm so impactable, I'm so influenced by other people's opinions and feelings um, that I often go to them before I go to myself, right? Before I tell myself, no, I know, I know what I feel. I know what I Mm -hmm. want in sex or I know I feel like I don't want to have sex all the time and that's okay. Instead, I go to other people and be like, oh, you want sex from me more? That means that I must be wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also think in line with that, I think we also make a lot of assumptions about what other people expect of us too, mm, right? Oh my like, God, yes. Right. Like I think that we make up in our head the fact that your, your new boyfriend is going to really hate it if you don't want to have sex with him when like, really he might just be like, I just want to be intimate with you. Like, I just want to show you how much I appreciate you and am into you right. and like may be totally willing to figure out what that looks like. Um, so I think, I think Sierra is exactly right that like we don't owe anyone anything. And also we assume a lot about what we think people think we owe them. Right. (laughs) And so it's important for us to, to, to focus more on what we think we owe ourselves, right? Like what, what do we want to give ourselves to make sure that we are living as authentically to who we are as possible and taking the best care of ourselves that we can so that we can then go out into the world and know that we don't owe anyone anything and and our relationships with other people are just icing on top of the awesome cake that is ourselves and living authentic to who we are. Right. Absolutely. Um and also like we dove pretty deep into this letter, but I could like mm-hmm. summarize it by saying Tell them you're not ready to have sex yet, but you might want to mm. one day, <laughs> you know, and I don't yeah. I don't mean to like trivialize this letter. But like I also I want to empower you to be like, this is something I can totally tackle, like intimacy, mm-hmm. sex, exploring this is is not as um, all uh, ominous as it feels like to me right now. Um, you're mm-hmm. brave and you're capable and you're lovable and you're sexy um, and you're also very capable of setting boundaries that reinforce who you want to be authentically. Absolutely. And I think if you approach this, not as an apology, but as a, um, an invitation to work Mm. together, um, I think that you're going to knock this out of the park, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. I think that this, this will show, this will be a really sexy thing that you can do (laughs) to say that you don't want to have sex, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right, Emma, we hope that this helps and we hope you feel seen and listened to. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says Quince. 
You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Our next letter comes from Angelo, who is writing from The Void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. My girlfriend of six years, Allison, is a big fan of your podcast. We listen to it when running errands, and it's been really helpful. I'm hoping it can be helpful now, too. Allison is my longest and healthiest relationship ever. While we didn't get together conventionally, we dated for a few months, then fizzled out when she moved. We got back in contact four years later. We both have some big skeletons in our closets from our past. Her parents were deeply religious, divorced, destructive narcissists who ran away, who she ran away from at 16. 
Contact with them has been few and far between since, and her relationships after were often just as destructive. Mm. I, I was in the foster care system from a really young age, and I bounced from home to home a lot. Being a black boy got me labeled as dangerous and unwanted, and eventually I believed that. Mm. I never had a home last more than a year, except with one. I was with Mama J from seventh grade to sophomore year. She was the first parent to tell me they loved me. There was always food in the house and the bills were paid on time. I had a room with a bed and I did well in school. Mama J ran a really tight ship and kept order, partially through beatings with a wooden spoon and the silent treatment. When you did something wrong, she would ignore you for hours or even days. Mm. The other foster kids had to ignore you too or they risked a beating. It took me a long time afterwards to realize that what Mama J did was wrong and to work on moving past it. Allison knows all about my past and Mama J and has been really important in moving forward. Things started breaking down, though, when the lockdown orders came in March. Allison and I were shut up in our apartment for several months together, and at first things were fine. After a few weeks, I started feeling weird and missing Mama J. I haven't spoken to my foster mother in a decade and don't know if I'd want to, but I still missed her. When I tried to talk to Allison about it, she got really mad. She told me that Mama J never really loved me and that I shouldn't miss someone who abused me. She said that she thought I had worked through all my stuff with Mama J. We fought about it and haven't talked about it since. It feels like there's a big storm waiting over us, but neither of us will acknowledge. Mm. Does missing the person who abused me make me a bad person? How do I leave that behind? And how do I talk to my girlfriend about this? Oh, Angelo, thank you so much for writing and thank you for listening with your girlfriend, Allison. Hi, Allison. Hi, Angelo. We love you both very much. Um, and I'm excited to answer this letter. Um, I out the gate, off the bat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not a bad person for missing uh, someone who was abusive to you. That is not mm-hmm. a failing or a chemical mishap of your brain, or a mistake inside of you, that is a very human response to a terribly human experience. Uh, We are capable of missing those who abuse us. Our brains are capable of carrying inside of us so many conflicting, opposing realities. um, And the... The most complicated of that, I often think, is like love affection for someone who was uh, bad to us or hurt us or was cruel. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what you said about Mama J and how she was the first parent to tell you that that she loved you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is not something that's going to go away, right? That mm-hmm. feeling of of sort of struggling and being moved around and, and, you know, being labeled, like you said, as a dangerous kid um, and feeling, like you said, feeling so unwanted to have mm. someone look at you and say that they love you for the, for the first time um, is a, is a profound experience. Right. And it, and in, in ways that we, you know, talk about relationships with people who have been abusive, right? Like the feeling of, of being seen can sometimes just like blind us to the realities of the the abuse that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a hard thing to get over and it's not something that you can just be like, cool, it's in a box and now it's on the shelf and I mm-hmm. never have to deal with it again. Right. Like I would say that that's one of the things that I've learned the most in the past year and a half since my dad died is that like, there is no, there is no, 
final closure, <laughs> right? There is no like, ah, yes, everything has been figured out. I recognize that this person was bad to me and I can put them on the bad people box in the bad people shelf and everything is totally fine and I will never think about them again. Mm-hmm. Really, it's it's that random things come up that remind us of the good time and another random thing comes up that reminds us of how awful they were. And, and it is just a constant state of never quite knowing exactly what to do in any given moment and never quite knowing exactly what emotions are going to come up in every given moment. So you are not a bad person. You are going through a very, very understandable thing. Um, and it's okay to miss people who, who hurt us because they also loved us too. Right. Mm. I think that's a really profound statement just right there. They hurt us, but they also loved us like that, that Mm -hmm. can exist. And Angelo, you were young and your brain, um, your developing brain, because our brains develop up into our what twenties, right. Mm -hmm. Um, coded this person as a loving protector. Like, fuck, you were told by the state that this person it was a love, you know, was going to take care of you. And side note, like they both failed you in a, it to an extent, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you didn't experience good times together, especially when we think about like um, those formative experiences, like those, those good times might look different than a non violent or non-abusive childhood but they were your good times they established a bar and now as an adult Mm -hmm. you you understand that that bar was set too low and that you are not only capable of but worthy of better highs right better Mm -hmm. good times safety non-violence communication etc you now know that is what you are worthy of but as a young person as a as a developing young person um you you made you know i'm so fucking moved by human resiliency our ability to find connection in violence right our ability to find um love and protection because we need that even when we're being denied that we we try to find it in places that are unsafe for us because that is like our most basic human need and that and that's what you did um and so those good times or those good feelings of affection um they're not a fault of yours. What mm. what I where I think your girlfriend is coming from is uh well, I want we want to talk about um Allison a little bit more in a minute, but I I think the primary concern of Sam and I is when it comes to looking fondly back at this time is that we want to make sure you are looking back fondly while protecting yourself in a safe, you know, mm-hmm. uh sustainable way. Like are you I always think about like looking back on my past abusive relationships with a sense of nostalgia. I want to make sure I can look back, but also know that I deserve better moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to know that those, those abusive relationships, even though they felt safe, aren't, weren't safe. Right. right. And I think, right. And I think looking back and reminding yourself, like this person gave me a lot of love and also this person was unsafe. Like right, both of right. those things can be true at the same time. And so I know that I can't go back there. Right. Right. I know that I can't re-enter that safe space, that unsafe space, but I can still remember it fondly and I can do things that help me remember the good times without putting myself back in that dangerous mm-hmm, situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like that could look like not reaching out to mama J, but like writing her a letter that you don't send her or, mm. um, 
or like writing a story, writing down stories of like the good times that you had with her and maybe also the bad times too, right? right. To like help you sort of process through all of that. Um, it could be just, you know, connecting with one of the other foster kids in the house about some mm-hmm. of the shared memories that you might have had. Um, or honestly, I I would love for you and Allison to get to a point where you can talk to her about it too mm-hmm. and say like, this was some of the stuff that I went through, good and bad. And like, I love her. I know she was awful, but I, I love her and miss her. And, and in some ways she was mom to me. She mm-hmm. was the only mom that I really even knew at that point. Yeah. I think one of the ways that I've embold, I've protected myself or like reinforced that internal boundary um, is sort of like parsing out what I know to be real and not real because mm. something that I can run up against when I'm being nostalgic, when I'm looking backwards is a feeling of guilt. Like, ah, uh, well, I probably set them off or you know what? I wasn't truthful mm. either or da, 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 you know, like I, something that's unsafe for me is that when I look backwards, I start to replay um, narratives that I was taught by these people. And mm. so often in abusive relationships, romantic or familial or whatever, um, the perpetrator makes the victim feel such a deep sense of shame um, that, you know, everything's your fault. Like that it's, you know, you're the reason why uh, your mistake is why I didn't talk to you for two days. You're mis- you know, you acted this way. So I hate you. Right. Um, you're the reason why they got angry or you're the reason why the relationship failed or whatever. So even after getting out of this relationship um, or out of their care in this situation, years after we can look back and feel a sense of regret or like that pang of missing people because we were made to believe that they're not responsible for the harm that they caused you, you know, whatever like Mm. small mental wiring that they did. It's really the slippery slope is that when we look back, we can start um, like falling back into those narratives. And I just want to make sure, um, and I'm sure your girlfriend wants to make sure that you're not going to, that you, that you can navigate the nuance of this holding, making space for both um, mama J's humanity and the mm. good things that they did bring to you and what you know you deserve and what you know um, Mama J did wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. like she made mistakes. She made hurtful, long-lasting mistakes with you, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, but to Allison um, and and to both of you, like Sam said, like I, I think Sam and I want you guys to be able to move forward into this further into this idea together as a couple um we can you know we can assist and advise the people we love um in hopes of them you know empowering themselves or like we can we can tell i i can tell sam like don't look back on your asshole asshole boyfriend because like he was a fucking piece of shit that was never he was horrible to you right Um, Mm -hmm. we can remind them of what we know to be true, but we can never truly tell someone how to mourn or grieve or miss the people in their lives that hurt them. Um, uh, and the truth is like, we can all choose how we look upon those who hurt us. That is a personal choice to us. Um, because we, and I, I think to me, it's important that that's a personal choice because we, you know, 
forgiveness is not a one size fits all. Like some people just don't need forgiveness to move on. Other people need a ton of forgiveness and clarity and, and humanity and whatever. Um, I think it's Mm. a different equation for everyone. And I'm sure you can speak on yours, but so mine is like, I might joke about how, you know, folks ruined my lives or crushed my heart like a tiny bug. Um, but holistically, truly, this is how I feel about like my abuser wasn't, isn't an evil person. She's a person who had been taught a lot of pain and anger. And when Mm -hmm. we were together, she chose, she made choices to stay in that pain and anger. And she made choices to take that pain and anger out on me and to make me feel small alongside her. And that's Mm -hmm. not evil. That's sad. And Mm -hmm. that's what helps me come to terms with, that's what helps me look back and not be hurt, right? That's that perspective is what what I take. But we can't, I can't tell Sam how to look back on his ex or his father, you know, and Angelo has to walk, Angelo has to figure out what that, what this new relationship looks like, what the dynamic is. For sure. And I think, I think it's also important to just recognize here also that, that my guess is that Allison's anger came from a place of wanting to protect you. A hundred percent. Right. And I think that that anger is maybe not exactly how maybe Allison wanted it to come out. Um, but I do think it's normal, right? I think it is, you know, to know that someone that you love so deeply has been hurt so deeply by some other person and to hear them, you know, talking about that person fondly, like I would be oh bad God. too. I'd be the like, audacity. do you not rem- <laughs> Yeah, right? Do you not remember all of this shit? And it's because I would want to protect that person and say like, we have to remember this. We need, we need to code this person who hurt you as a, mm-hmm. as a bad person, right? We need to, we need to put them on the bad people's shelf because they did so many horrible things to you. And I don't want that to ever happen to you again. I want to protect you as much as possible. I want to pull you into my arms and say like, no to every person that wants to come at you in some way that is not with like beautiful flowers and chocolates and Mm -hmm. like an adoring bow. Right. So I think it's absolutely, I think that, that, that Allison's anger in the situation is absolutely understandable. Um, And I think that if you both can commit to continuing to talk about this and, and responding instead of reacting and also like giving each other a little grace to react sometimes too, because like Mm -hmm. we're all human. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I do think that, that you can get to a point where you can talk about sort of the nuances and the complexities that are involved in having a parent or an ex or a friend who was really, really shitty to you and also offered you love that felt really, really good. Mm -hmm. Because Angelo isn't broken for accepting that love. Oh, absolutely not. And, and Angelo, I would actually, um, I, shouted out this book once as a blind date, but think it might be good for you to read and maybe to read with Allison. Um, It's called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, How to Heal from Distant Rejecting or Self-Involved Parents by Lindsay C. Gibson. Um, And like some of the stuff that you described that Mama J did to you in your letter is like textbook examples that she uses Mm -hmm. of of like the silent treatment thing where everyone has to be like everyone else also has to be silent is a marker of an emotionally immature parent. 
Um, and what I love about this book is that it affirms the loving feelings that we might have for our, our parents and also helps us to recode mm. our understanding of them to say like, yes, this person did offer me love and affection. And at the same time, they did some pretty awful things to me. And so I won't expect any more of them than the little love that they gave me. And I will honor the fact that they were really hurtful to me uh, and and like create mm-hmm. a fully fleshed out figure in my head of this person. So I would check that out and see if that might help you think about sort of work through some of these feelings that you're feeling about Mama J um, and help you get to a point where you can both miss her and hold her accountable and change your expectations of her behavior all at the same time. I love that. I, I'm so glad you shouted that out. Angelo and um, by proxy, Allison, thank you so much for writing, for listening. We love you both very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We hope this helps. All right. Our final letter is from why oh me like three different words, like why oh me <laughs> who is writing from Wyoming. I got to like say thank you for ex- yep. Yeah. Thank you for explaining it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dear Sam and Sierra, excuse me in advance if there are any mistakes as English is not my first language. Earlier this year, a guy, white, he, him, broke off a situationship with me, woman of color, she, her. It was prolonged. It was a prolonged situation that lasted well over a year with me telling him I had feelings for him and asking for a relationship. We always felt like we were on edge of one, but every time I would ask him for that level of commitment, he would pull back. Regardless, at times, he made me feel special and beautiful. At the time, I knew he was sleeping with other people and I made peace with it as he made it seem like they were just random women off dating apps that meant nothing and I was the special one. Okay, blood pressure already through the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Triggered. (laughs) Then he started going on dates with people we both knew, not friends per se, just acquaintances. I told him I was deeply uncomfortable with that, but he would brush it aside. And again, he always made it seem like he could have feelings for me and definitely not them. Eventually, right before quarantine, I got tired of this and asked him, One last time as to what was happening between us. And he said he just wanted to go back to being friends. I was heartbroken, but understood. And ever since I have been spending massive amounts of time trying to build back the friendship. I always, I'm always checking on him, uh, always making sure he's doing okay. And always making sure that he feels love and secure at all times. He's so deeply receptive of this, but rarely does he reciprocate the effort. I started therapy partly because of how damaging everything was to my self-confidence, self-esteem, and my therapist still doesn't know why I want anything to do with this guy. It's just that we know so much about each other, and he was the first guy I was vulnerable around. I just felt like our friendship was worth fighting for. Fast forward to now, seven months later, and I'm meeting up with a close friend, she, her, for drinks. I love this friend so much and we've never hung out one-on-one, but our friendship, uh, I love our friendship and trust her deeply. After a few drinks, she tells me she needs to have a conversation about the guy I was in a situationship with. Turns out he was doing this whole quote, I want something with you, might have feelings for you thing, uh, but with an added, let's have a relationship with her and one other girl throughout the whole last year. My friend was deeply apologetic and as, and said as soon as she found out that he was messing uh, me around, she had an argument with him. I believe her 
as she's always been truthful and caring. They made, uh, they've made up since and have remained close friends. She assumed he told me about her and the other close friend, but even when he was honest about having sex with other people, he never mentioned her, and he definitely didn't mention that he was doing the will-they-won't-they they type scenario with her like he did with me. He doesn't know that I found all of this out, but Sam and Sierra, I feel utterly betrayed, heartbroken, and sad. I don't know what to do. As bad as it sounds, I tolerated our situationship because he always made the other women seem like a one-time thing uh, and that he truly had feelings for me. He always made it seem like there was a little, with a little more time, he would be ready to have a relationship with me and only me. If I'd only known any of this last year, I wouldn't have wasted so much time trying to prove I was relationship worthy, nor would I have spent so much time being a friend I wouldn't have given him so much of my life. I can't block, block, block as we run in the same tight circle. And I don't want him to be alienated from our friends. Okay, I, my blood pressure is through the fucking roof. So, continuing. <laughs> so my question is what to do. I can't imagine ever being in the same room as him ever again, as it makes me feel sick to even think that he was doing all of this with other people. But am I overreacting? Oh, God. Women's capacity to fucking <laughs> swallow other people's bullshit is impeccable. Anyway, it's, sorry. It's wild. I was so vulnerable in front of him. I was there for him when he needed me. I want to put effort into healing myself, but I'm not sure that I can start until I know what to do with him. I don't feel like I have the right uh, to confront him as I am, A, not great at them, and B, we weren't in a relationship, so technically he didn't owe me anything. You're a human. He owed you basic human decency. <laughs> Last paragraph. <laughs> I'm just so confused as to what to do. I'm embarrassed about it all. I told him I had feelings for him, and I waited for him to make us into a couple. I feel like all the work I put into it, feeling like I'm enough for someone to love, all the work I put into feeling confident and sexy whilst also remaining my friendship with him has gone out the window because everything was a lie. I feel like I was the butt of a joke for him and a few others who knew about us. And I only, I'm only, i only now finally hearing out loud that they were all laughing. Any advice, including throw yourself off the nearest mountain would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> I love you both. And thank you for taking the time to read my letter. Oh, my darling. Why, Omi? I um, love you so much. I have been there, girl. And we're going to we're going to build you up while we tear this asshole down. <laughs> I mean, like everybody is on a journey. Yes, everyone is on a journey. But this and person also, didn't write in. <laughs> yes. Uh, and also, like, just want to call out that this is like. This feels like intentional behavior on his part. Like it, this is just textbook yeah. awful dude who is, who is honestly like being a super shitty person. Cause he knows he can get away with it, mm -hmm. which is like, what is so frustrating about this is like this man apparently has no accountability to anybody. Mm -mm. Um, and just gets to fuck people over and over again and always gets what he wants, which mm. is great. <laughs> <laughs> vote in november <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm still talking about this man for sure and not about not about a cheeto in a white house somewhere okay anyway um <laughs> um okay why um couple things let's just let's just go down the list from your letter um to the friendship point Prior to knowing all of this, right, even if you didn't know that he was a major turd, right, 
even if you didn't know this, um, you doing all of these things to be his friend. I just I want to like say it back to you so you hear it from me, a loving stranger across the country. Um, you being ever available to someone does not mean they will love you. Someone mm-hmm. taking advantage of your ever available uh, love and support doesn't mean that they are going to love you. And mm-hmm. what's more important is not how available you make yourself for someone, but how reciprocal is that availability? How reciprocal is the love and respect? Um, because prior to knowing this, prior to getting to that part in the letter, I wanted to tell you to block this guy, to reaffirm your own worth, to recognize mm-hmm. that, like Sam always says, crumbs crumbs of affection and love are not worth crawling on your hands and knees across a fucking desert to get it's just not worth it this is not worth it Mm -hmm. prior to prior to knowing all of this stuff i was going to say that right yeah no i think that that is absolutely right that like the first half of things are was already so bad and then the second half things of things just made it worse and and like i think one of the things that we do is like and we talk about this all the time is that like, we feel like we put so much into our relationship that like it has something good has to come from it. Um, and the reality is, is like, that's not how the world works right. is that like, sometimes we put a lot of shit into a relationship and the relationship is still awful. Right. <laughs> right? Like, right. 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 Oh my God. And I, I, New metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? Uh, this is going to uh-huh. be a little bit of a stretch. Um, but okay, not really. It. It's like the, um, American facade about like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Like if you work Mm. hard enough, you'll be able to climb up the socioeconomic ladder in capitalism in America. But like, we all know that that is like fucking not true and a way to suppress fucking poor people. Um, To be be clear, not all of us know that. (laughs) Okay. Well, you and I (laughs) feel that way, right? But like, so the pull, pull yourself up by the bootstraps narrative of like, oh, if you work hard enough um, and put your head to, nose to the grindstorm, like grindstorm, <laughs> grindstone, <The> grindstorm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to go to that party. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I hate myself. That sounds um, like a gay club in the desert for totally, sure. Totally, totally. Um, <laughs> whatever. If you work hard enough, you will, be, you will reap the benefits of capitalism. You will you and your family will get out of lower class or you will buy that boat and you will buy the property, you know, like you'll be free. You'll be, you will, if you work hard enough, you'll get out of the shackles of capitalism, but that's Mm. not true, right? There are systems in place that keep us oppressed getting on a little tangent, but I'm going to bring it back right now. Same thing with this fucking relationship, right? Like, He's capitalizing off of the 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 literal lie that if you hang on and you work hard enough and you give them just enough and you sacrifice and you sacrifice and you sacrifice, it'll pay off. But it won't because he's a dick. Mm-hmm. This man is literally like uh, like a marketing scheme. What are those called? Like <laughs> multi-level <scheme>. marketing. Yeah. <laughs> like literally he's like, come on, just like recruit other people for this. And like, we'll, we'll get you to the next level, oh, which is just, I'm uh, sorry. This is like a horror. I'm so sorry. You are in so much pain and we're making jokes about it. Well, um, you're right. And we'll get back to it. No. We're not, we're not laughing at the you and at we're laughing at the insanity that our subconsciouses put ourselves through when we like someone that is what is this whole podcast is about such bullshit <laughs> that we're so vulnerable to fucking other people Absolutely. Uh, 
And to be clear, relationships are work, but they're not just work, right? right? Like it is also about the people that are involved in those relationships. They're not unpaid work either. That's an internship. (laughs) Very, very (laughs) true. And so like, yes, we do. We do. When we get into relationship with people need to make compromises and need to Mm -hmm. like move into discomfort and like challenge ourselves to, you know, to understand people differently. But also we need to take stock of like where we're putting work into, right? Like what are we actually trying to do? Are we trying to build a house out of like little Legos or are we like, do we have like bricks and mortar and we Mm -hmm. can actually like make something substantial? And, and so I think it's, I feel like we've been told over and over again, it's just like, if you work hard enough in a relationship, it'll work out. And that's like bullshit. Like you need, you need both people to be in this relationship together and you need the, the foundation to build something on. Mm -hmm. And I will also say like, I hear you just regretting or like keeping this person in your life because you were vulnerable in front of them. And I want to say to you, like that vulnerability is a strength. That vulnerability is worth something. That vulnerability is infinitely lovable. And so the fact, excuse me, the fact that you showed this vulnerability to this person and he didn't appreciate it, he didn't value it means that you should be cutting him out of your life. It doesn't mean you should be keeping him in. It's Mm -hmm. not like you did something like you made a mistake and now you have to atone for it. No, you like showed off your badass self and this dude was a dick about it. Mm -hmm. And you should be like, fuck you. You don't get any access to this anymore. Mm -hmm. This vulnerability is amazing. This vulnerability, people would fall over themselves to get at it. Like, I don't know why you think, right? I don't know why you think that you can just like feed off of it and not give me anything in return. And on top of it, I don't want to be your fucking friend. (laughs) That's what I want to say. It's like, don't be friends with I know your social circle is small. I know your social circle is small, but guess what? The the people in your life that are friends with this guy haven't been treated as poorly as you were treated by him, by him, right? Like that's why they're friends with him. But you don't need to make the rules and parameters of your friendships based on how other people are treated by this guy, right? You get to say like, you know what? Like he made me feel like a fool. He... He mm-hmm. led me on for months. Um, he lied to me. He he fooled around with my friends behind my back. Um, I, I don't want this person in my life. I have nothing to prove to them except for what he's missing. That's 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 mm. what you just you no, don't need sure. to be his friend. <laughs> and I and like I do like also it sounds like the other friends in your group have been treated as shittily by him. So it seems like you would have like a receptive audience to be like, I don't want this person in my life anymore. (laughs) And second, what I want to say, and this is like, I want to be careful about how I say it, but like the fact that, that he is still allowed to be in this group without any accountability for the shit that he's done to you and to others is giving him unfettered access to other friends that he can then be shitty to. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he is, you are saying like by not, cutting this person out of my life and by not alienating him from our friend group like oh my god like oh no he feels alienated from this friend group after he treated multiple of you like mm-hmm. shit for mm-hmm. a long time yeah and to anybody like, who's means like, that, like you're go ahead no that it means that then your other friends are now open to being 
don't have the knowledge to be able to make intentional decisions about how they interact with this person. Yeah, you don't need to hide his dirty secrets. Like, this is your life experience. And We've been doing this for men for long enough, people. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Um, And to anybody who's like, I miss the Sam and Sierra who are like, empathize with the asshole and like remind us that we're all fallible humans. Like, yes, yes, we are. But sometimes Sam and I just want a softball and sometimes we're just angry. <laughs> Listen, and, and also empathy doesn't equate to lack of accountability. Absolutely. Right? Like there it he is. Wrote in, if he wrote into this podcast and said, I've done all this shitty stuff and I feel bad about it. I'd be like, I step extend- up to the plate. Absolutely. I'd be like, let's talk about it. You're not a horrible person. You need to do better. But like, but for, for why here, right? Hmm. We don't need empathy for this dude. Yeah. We need accountability because yeah. empathy has gotten us even further into this shit show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> empathy without holding anyone to account just lets people get away with all the shit they want to get away with. Yes. Yeah. So why, <laughs> Omi, my darling, um, Sam and I want you to start taking up some space and we want you to mm. start holding the people around you accountable and also soft little like maybe slightly spiky nudge i want you to mm-hmm. hold yourself accountable like the 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 parts of your letter that gave me the biggest pain was when it was like i was really uncomfortable with them sleeping with other people but i made peace with it because of blah 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 blah. i really didn't like this but this he didn't want to be with me but i decided to say friends he wasn't a great friend but i did all these things for him so this is where i have to nudge you and say like um, you need, you need to hold the people around you accountable. You need to know what you're worth. You need to know what you deserve. Obviously like easier said than done, I think, but yeah, for sure. You also need to start saying to myself, I am no longer going to fill myself up on crumbs. I'm no longer going to accept what I know doesn't sustain me. And I'm no longer going to lay myself out at the feet of someone who doesn't even notice I'm there, right? Mm. Um, It has to be a commitment to yourself. I think on this quest of love, we so often establish... uh, we we so often work to establish boundaries for other people, um, expectations, you know, like vocalizing our needs. But what comes before you, any relationship with anyone else is a relationship with yourself, right? So how are you treating yourself? How are you mm. showing up for yourself? Um, what do you know is acceptable? What are you accepting um, as as nourishment right like what are you saying like yeah this is delicious totally fills me up even though it tastes like bile and makes me sick every day <laughs> listen i have been in that relationship so oh like God, I, I know i 100 empathize <laughs> i know i know well i i i think sam and i like letters like this stand out to us because as an outsider, it is so easy to like make these jokes, right? To laugh at our pain, mm-hmm. our collective pain. Um, but it's so easy to see how, all of the ways in which the letter writer is failing herself. And at the same time, how easy it is to to not show up for ourselves in these romantic relationships, especially mm-hmm. when we're fed these little bits, you know, especially when we're strung along. It's how about this people like, don't blame yourself for being confused in a confusing situation. Mm-hmm. He was giving you some and then he was taking it away, right? He was um, being hot and then he was being cold. He's saying, I want, he, he's literally saying to your face, I think I could be in a relationship with you while saying it to other people. You didn't know that, right? You were, mm-hmm. 
I Sam, it's easy for Sam and I to be like, yeah, block, get the fuck out. Why did you accept this treatment? But also it's okay that you were confused and holding out for hope, but you were doing the best that you could, right? As we all are in every moment, but moving Mm. forward, you can start to recognize the situation sooner and advocates for yourself stronger. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree that I, we are saying things in this way to shake you a little bit. We are not saying them in as no way to like give you tools to, to self-deprecate more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 <sighs> right. Like we're saying these things to say like, you are amazing and worth more not to say like, Oh, you should have known better. You're, you're right, dumb. Right. Cause that's, that's not the reality. The reality is, is that like, we are all going through things. We are all only capable of seeing the things that we are capable of seeing. And, and in any situation, we're always choosing the best thing that we can choose at that moment. And now you have a different perspective. Now you know more and you can make different decisions about how you interact with this person and, and how you bring accountability to your relationship with him. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, yeah, I, I want to like maybe just leave with some love and one tip. Uh, my mm-hmm. one tip is try blocking him for a week and just see how it feels. Just see mm-hmm. how it feels like clearing that space in your heart, in your head um, and navigating the social circle that way. Um, yeah. Can I add something? Yes. Uh, I would say try blocking him for one lifetime. <laughs> And just like see how that feels yeah, and just, see like, how that goes. Test it out. And then like when you're reincarnated later, like <laughs> yeah. maybe Yeah, then you can come back in your life. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh he'll be the fly on Mike Pence's head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We are getting political. Just wait till you hear my uh my blind date. Ooh, it's gonna I can't be wait. it's all gonna tie everything together. <laughs> um anyway, why um to 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 end with some love some very genuine heartfelt love from us. Uh, we've been there. Um, and to, to make a mistake like this, it's, it's again, it's not even a mistake. It's a choice. Um, it's a life experience that you now get to learn from, but you are worthy. You are lovable. You are sexy. You are desirable. And someone out there, including yourself, like let's not make it all about other people, but someone else out there, wants all of you wholly fully they want to celebrate you and show you off and meet your family and hang out with your friends and make you laugh and they want to do a little thing for you um just to make you feel special on a random saturday right but you can never find a person who treats you that well if you accept this sort of poor behavior Ah. Mm -hmm. is that an okay thing to say i think so i mean keep making space listen yeah, no, I mean, we, I, we're not saying that in a way of like, you are, you are deserving or you are allowing this thing to happen, right? Like abusers and people who treat people shittily are the, the sole reason why right. people are treated shittily, right? And also we are able to hold people accountable and ask for more and demand more from people. right. right. And like, no, if you are in an abusive relationship, it is not your fault that you are being abused. And also there are things that you can do to shorten the abuse that happens, right? Or say no to things that are happening to you. And 
this is one of those instances of like holding him accountable to the things that he has done. Isn't saying that like he's blameless in what he's doing. It is saying that like you are deserving of better and that you have authority and autonomy to make decisions yes. that benefit you. I love when you use those words. I, I, they always escape me in those moments, but it's the idea of, um, we're not blaming any, we're not blaming anyone for treating you poorly other than the guy who treated you poorly. But I want to empower mm-hmm. you and say, you're so powerful and you're brave and you're capable and you're beautiful and you Absolutely. have agency in your life. Like, mm-hmm. you know what you want and it sure as hell isn't this. Absolutely. All right, Wyoming. We love you. We hope we you do. feel heard and seen and uh, uplifted and we hope this helps. Absolutely. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. All right. This brings us to the blind date segment of the episode. Every show we want to shout out something we want to set you up with. This week we are sending you home with... Registering to vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew one of us was going to say it at some point. <laughs> Uh, I say this because there are a lot of registration deadlines that are coming yes. up this week and next week for a lot of states. Um, and so go to vote.org to find out when your registration deadline is. And if you're not registered, if you moved recently, if because of the pandemic you had to go back home, um, if you are just aren't sure if you registered uh, because you didn't vote last time, right? Just Uh, Go to vote.org and they will take you to the website where you can either check your registration or register to vote. Critically important to get that done quickly so that on election day you can actually vote. Um, While you're there, you can also request your mail-in ballot so that you don't have to stand Mm -hmm. in line. You don't have to risk exposing yourself to the pandemic that we are in um, and send in that mail-in ballot. And, And also while you're doing that, Um, I know that the presidential election is getting a lot of play right now, Mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. super important. It's a very important election. Don't want to undermine that. But um, take the time in the next few weeks before Election Day to look at some of the down ballot races that are that are happening. There's a lot of power that exists in local, state, municipal governments, right? Like if you're voting for your county attorney, that person decides who gets charged with things, Mm -hmm. right? If you are voting for your sheriff, that person is in charge of the law enforcement in your county. Um, And so take the time to, to research those things and know that you can have a lot of say and a lot of influence over local elections, even if you're feeling right now like you're choosing between two big turds on the, the big, the big most important one (laughs) yeah right uh so register to vote vote vote.org um request your mail-in ballot if you haven't already and spend some time researching all of the candidates that are going to be on your ballot so that you can make the best choice for you and for your community absolutely All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on facebook and you can follow us on twitter and instagram at just break up pod You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, and most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. A reminder that uh, starting October 19th, a week from today, the release of this episode, we will be exclusively on Spotify. So please follow Just Break Up on Spotify to get new episodes every Monday, only on Spotify. 
And consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode. There are also other perks that unlock at higher amounts. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, producing all magic things by our good friend, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, just because you make a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake. Just because you tried something new and it doesn't work out doesn't mean you shouldn't try something new again. You not only have permission from the universe to fail, you are guaranteed it. It's part of the experience. You can now learn from and let go of and move on from past choices to make room for new ones. And if all else fails, just break up.